You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm host Jamie Bronstein. Hello, hello. Is everything okay over there? Yeah, everything is good. I just had to tell my husband something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so Antia is a coach and helps lots of people with love. And I'm going to read to you guys a little bit about her and then we're going to get into some topics. So Antia was born in communist Eastern Germany before the wall came down and was single her entire life before she finally hired her own love coach, discovered the magnetize your man method and attracted her amazing husband and supportive husband, Brody. Support her amazing and handsome, I don't know if I said that, and supportive husband, Brody. <laughs> She's now been helping thousands of high-value women all over the world for over a decade to attract their man to share their life and have a loving long-term relationship without loneliness, frustration, or rejection. She studied personal psychology at personality psychology at UC Berkeley and is NLP and Dream Coaching Certified. She has spoken on hundreds of stages and radio shows all over the world, including Google, the Harvard University Faculty Club, and Good Morning San Diego. She now lives with her loving, strong, and committed, and handsome hubby of seven and a half years, and she looks forward to helping you to feel fully loved, safe, and cherished by your ideal man without sadness, insecurity, or an unhealthy relationship. So first... I would love I would love to hear and the audience would love to hear your story. How did you manifest your man? Yes, that's always the question, right? So yeah, and like, like I said, my journey started in Eastern Germany in an emotionally absent household. So so many women that grow up in either narcissistic households, emotionally dismissive households, you know, for me crawled to my mom's bed and she would roll over and say which means in German, don't bother me. So my journey really started by internalizing that as a belief, right? Like don't be a burden. So like, like so many women, I'm sure that are watching right now. And then what do you do? I mean, with don't be a burden, a lot of emotions come with that feeling rejected, feeling abandoned, feeling unworthy, right? And, and as human beings, we can't just be with that because that's not enough motivation to live. So we're going to start developing a coping mechanism. And so for me, that was making sure, well, you know, I have an idea. I'm just going to make sure I don't need anyone because that way I don't have to put myself into any vulnerable positions where I could get rejected. And so I became misindependent, you know, went grocery shopping by the time I was eight years old by myself. So on now and actually realized, well, you know, you attract into your life who you are, <laughs> your yeah. mirror. And so I attracted a lot of emotionally unavailable and honestly confused men into my life, right? They're also known as the emotionally unavailable or the avoidant um, attachment style. And because why? Well, because I was confused inside of myself, right? On the one hand, of course, I still wanted to have the acknowledgement and I still wanted to have the affection that I didn't get as a child, but yet I was pretending that I don't need that, mm-hmm. right? Like I was leading. Yeah. How often, Jamie, are we leading with, oh, I'm I'm good. You know, I'm here. You know, I don't really need a man. It's nice to have one, but I really 
it's not really necessary. And so how magnetic is that going to be to a man? That's a little were different than your actions, mm -hmm. I'm guessing. Absolutely. Yeah, I sent completely incongruent signals to men and then was surprised that only only men that resonated with that were, of course, also the ones that are incongruent inside of themselves, whose exactly. actions and words also didn't match. So exactly. far, so good, right? So that went on for a couple of years. And then I said, you know, wait a minute. I learned from my dad when I was 15 about Tony Robbins, personal development. And so I was like, mm. you know what? I'm the common denominator in all of this, in my humble <laughs> existence, so to say. So I got myself out of Germany into UC Berkeley and really said, okay, let me take on a different trajectory. Let me, let me see if I can find an answer on the academic route, right? Like understanding attachment styles, personality patterns, and so on. I started to find answers, more seminars, and really starting to understand how did the dysfunctional relationship I had with my mother directly translated into the dysfunctional relationship I had with men. And But it, it didn't happen right away. I mean, I started to understand, and that's where my magnetize your man method is coming from. Like I started to identify a formula because women were actually coming to me. Now I didn't have anything to show for it, Jamie, you know, so they would just ask me on Sunday at church, oh, so what was that workshop you attended last week and so on? And I said, well, you know, it was about this and that. And then there were more and more women coming and inquiring more and more. And I said, why don't we just have like a little coffee get together on a Sunday afternoon? And that's how my little soulmate support shops, uh, support workshops were born. But what was interesting was even though it helped all the women who were going there, as a matter of fact, 7% of them to be the maid of honor and invited to be in the wedding party and all the things, it still wasn't happening for me. Right. And that's because we have vulnerability thresholds. So those are blind spots that we are not aware of. So we can even know everything on an intellectual level. Right, ladies? You know, I know <laughs> I know a song about that. But then when it comes to the integration part, it's like, why is it not still not showing up in my life, aren't you? Right. And so that's when I hired um, a mentor for myself who was really specialized in that particular field and helped me to break through my blind spots, which were being vulnerable without the fear of being taken advantage of, right? Because my mom was a narcissist. Mm -hmm. And then number two is setting boundaries without guilt. Because to mm -hmm. me, everybody else was like more important. Everybody else's opinion, more everybody's. You know. And that's when nine months later, I met my incredible husband Brody. And he told me literally the first night we met, we met at the spiritual discussion group, by the way, in case, you know, women always ask, where did you meet and how did you meet and all the things. Yeah. And he told me that I'm the girl of his story and that we have a huge responsibility to humanity. All in one night, Jamie, you know what I mean? Like, put it all out there, you know? <laughs> wow. Now, when you met him, did you feel something immediately? What, what did it feel like? I, it felt like a twilight zone. So there was like a resonance and, but he, he didn't feel like my old attraction pattern. Right. Right. right? It's different. But, but it also was not a friend. So I just was like literally this twilight zone between friend and uh, all the pattern. Honestly, I felt 
compare him to someone, but I couldn't, I couldn't find attributes, which by the way, ladies is a good sign. You know, when you can't compare this guy to anyone in your past, that's a really good sign. But of course it takes the willingness, right? To be in the unknown, in the uncertainty without sabotaging it, right? Without freaking out, without pushing him away. Because I have to say, that night when he told me that I'm the girl of his story, literally what I said to myself, Jamie, is like, is he crazy or am I crazy? Meaning, like, is my reality off, right? So, like, am I crazy? So the reality that how I perceive dating to be or my value right. to right. be is wrong or is he crazy? He's, like, just off the rocker. I don't know. You know what I mean? He had to drink too much, even though he didn't drink the whole night. <laughs> Whatever it is, right? Um yeah, so I was swinging between that for a couple of weeks, for sure. Well, I always say that your soulmate, when you meet them, it's going to feel different. Yeah. And it's going to feel outer-worldly. And so you might feel a little crazy, but that's normal. And so, and I love what you're saying about how you were comparing him to your exes, but he literally didn't compare, and that is a good Thing. And you listened to your intuition. And also, I always say that your soulmate feels like home. And it sounds like for both of you, you felt like home for each other. Yeah, you know, it really felt like breathing. Or another good comparison was, it felt like a calm lake. So there's mm-hmm. nothing happening. It just felt really natural. But He's- guess what? I could look to the bottom of the lake, right? Because it was calm. There was no waves of emotions Mm -hmm. and ups and downs and, you know, distance, you know, like I had to, yeah, I had to understand what that actually meant. And I had to be with that reflection that it brought out in me, right? Because I, you know, I had to look at my insecurities that I had. I had to look at my avoidant parts. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. even know that I had an avoidant part. (laughs) Up until that point, I thought I was anxious. Um, But then... I actually encountered oh, my own avoidance own. also. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. And, and it sounds like since you guys were both so your emotional IQ was so high and you had done all this work that it sounds like I'm guessing that, and he was so supportive of you working through these issues and I'm sure he had his own issues and you guys just got past that and then you figured out how to be in relationship together. Yeah, absolutely. I think one part was I was practicing I have and could look like and how I cope with it so that he doesn't think, oh, why is she acting so weird right now? Why, why is she withdrawing right now? It's like, oh, if I yeah. withdraw, it's literally just I'm sourcing myself. It's nothing to do with you, right? So then when it actually happened or when I got over emotional, he had already a framework. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, she told me last week about that she had like this attachment style and okay great and she owns it right because men want to know that you're not putting it on them right that they now don't have to figure it out and carry the weight that they're um, that is almost impossible for them to carry yeah it has it never has anything to do with the other person we need to own what is going on. And actually, I literally have a client right now, and she is just going through this right now where she had to muster up that strength of heart. Strength of heart. She had to, the man, you know, when this happens, when I get triggered, you don't need to fix anything. You don't need to do anything. If I need to take a minute to process, 
but this is what happened in my childhood. This is why I'm this way. And so she had to really explain to him in such a vulnerable way what was going on. And they had, luckily they had already established this deep connection. So he, he loved her no matter what. And it was, it's such a beautiful thing when you can do that. And you mentioned before, it's having no attachment to the outcome, not worried that that person's going to leave. And the truth is that if it doesn't work out, then it's not meant to be anyway. Absolutely. You know, I tried to sabotage this whole thing for like months when I was dating my husband. And I truly believe for one, our soulmate is really orbiting around us, like almost like a planet. Um, But back then you can mess it up. But like, you know, what you think, the little things that you do, you know, I ignored him a whole night, for example, because we ended up at the same party because like I said, we orbited around each other, right? Like more than I wanted to. And like, you know, God was like throwing him into my life, (laughs) like at at literally unexpected moments. And again, my nervous system didn't know what to do with that, right? Like an available man who's actually here and like, what, you know, so I just chose to ignore him. But then we talked when the night was over. So you can't really mess it up, right? Because he knew, okay, you're just riding a wave. And I'm just here, you know, let me know when you're done riding that wave. (laughs) Not like in a condescending or disrespectful way, but just like, I know you're getting used to this pattern and I'm here, you know, I'm not taking it personal. Yeah. And it takes a a perfect, it was the perfect match. Not that you guys are perfect, but it's two imperfect people that are perfect for each other. 100%, you know, because how else would you explain that, that he uh, wasn't losing patience or, you know, didn't feel disrespected to a degree of no return or all those things right and you know even the night before he proposed to me which was eight months later I was the biggest bitch on the planet I mean I literally Jamie I I told my girlfriend I'm like he's not gonna propose anytime soon now because that was not I didn't pull something right here and again when he proposed to me the next day I felt like I was in a twilight zone so it's like So he kept surprising me. It's because he saw past your charades. Totally. He saw right through it. What Mm -hmm. a magical man. I mean, what a magical story, the whole thing. And this is, this is, this is what all relationships have mentioned that, that when people are angry or it's because that they're hurt and there's, there's pain and there's sadness behind that anger. And we're everybody, I always say like everybody's a little kid dressed up in adult clothes. So I love that he was able to see that and to see that you were just this little girl throwing a fit or doing whatever you were doing. And he's like, well, let's get married anyway. Exactly. And he also said, he said, you know, he decided already months before that he would marry me and just one incidence, you know what I mean? It's not going to change his whole decision because he made a decision based on the last eight months of observation, you know, and feeling into his heart. Sounds like one of the most mature men I've ever heard of. I mean, (laughs) does he, is he a coach or is he not a coach? Yeah. So he actually had his own online platform for men. Good. Met him. Yeah. And yeah. And so that's, that's another way how we just really, that's really carried us through was like this whole, you know, make sure you have some sort of calling or mission with your man together. Obviously you don't have to be in the same business together. But have something like bigger, right? Like why, why are we supposed to go through this, right? Like why was, why should we master this? Why shouldn't we break up? 
right? And if you have like this big purpose and you're like, oh, we're going through this so we can teach it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or we can develop tools mm-hmm. so we can then teach it. It gives the whole relationship a whole different framework than it would otherwise yeah. have, right? Yeah. And even if obviously most couples are not both coaches or maybe neither one of them are coaches, exactly. most couples. Yeah. But it's it's having that mutual goals, mutual ways of looking at things, growing together, having a link together. Point. So Tony Robbins talks about the six human needs. Uh, one of our highest needs, both for, for Brie and me, is growth. So we will go beyond mm-hmm. the need for certainty or the needs for significance, right? And be, no, like growth, growth. right? Like we want to grow. We want to evolve with each other. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That is beautiful. My parents have been married for 50 years. And that's one of the things that they, I've, I've witnessed and that they talk about. They've grown together and they play and they have fun. Oh, that's so great. What what a role model to have, Jamie, right? Yes, I feel so grateful. Um, okay, so some things that we have not talked about yet. You you mentioned, but you didn't get into really explaining. Um, you talk about how soulmates are orbiting. Now you mm-hmm. did mention how Brody was kind of orbiting you. Is but what about for like for people out there that are watching that haven't at least they don't think they have of their awareness, they haven't known that they've met their soulmate yet but you have this theory that your soulmate is orbiting you. Yeah. And that has a lot to do with increasing your perspective quotient. Because what I see over and over again is that, you know, we delete, we distort, and we generalize reality because we are just processing two billions of bits of information per second, but only 134 consciously. So the rest goes unconscious. Mm -hmm. And so I notice every time, Jamie, because when I actually work my clients through that, and actually say, how can you be aware of the men that are already around you, right? Like, how can you just have them ask different questions that they take care of that deletion portion? That we do? Because remember, research shows brain, the brain only sees what it expects to see. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. think about what that means, right? So if I expect to see unavailable men or men who are cheaters or whatever pattern my dad had, right? Then, but then I go to the same party and where the woman said, like, you know, there were no great men. Like, really? I had a conversation with three amazing men, handsome, quality. You know, I was, like, really thinking about just getting their cards so I can match them up with someone <laughs> from my women, right? So how come that I see something totally different? Because I, I don't have the same unconscious expectation mm-hmm. that those women have. It's changing your lens of perception. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, you have to do that consciously. You have to, it's like going any, anything in life, whether you have an alcoholic problem, you go to AA, you first have to acknowledge there's a problem and then you have to consciously make, take that action to make the shift. Absolutely. Yes. And that's like the good, this is the piece too. You have to be willing to be wrong, right? Because I'm able to make the shift. You have to kind of go through this like ring of fire, don't you? Where yeah, you're like, yeah. you know, some some part of your identity has to burn away, right? Like fall mm-hmm. away so that you can actually experience the real reality and the real opportunities that are already in front of you instead of focusing on the obstacles that are in front of you. Yes. And it's saying, I don't know everything. It's saying maybe there's a higher power, spirit, God, whatever universe that that knows better and so can i take the reins off can i surrender a little bit and allow 
that to come in because you know it's like how's that been working for you it hasn't been working for you so let's try something different absolutely you know and even like when we look at the qualities that we want to have in a man right we oftentimes look look at the features but we forget you know we're going to get the benefits you know i thought well, the only way, the only man who's going to have those kind of qualities that I want is going to be somebody who's four years older than me. Well, you know, God laughed at it and sent me a man who was four years younger. <laughs> so that's part of the, you know, and there were other attributes too that were like, wow, I got the benefit, but it was not the feature. It was a different feature, right? So, and uh, that's like really how willing are you to be wrong? Because that will actually determine the quality of men that you're really able to to attract into your life. Yes, exactly. Okay, um, I wanna make sure we have time for everything that we wanna talk about. Um, okay, so there's two more topics. Um, there, you wanna talk about failure alchemy um, and why you need to trust in order to express your needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so failure alchemy essentially means developing a different relationship to what you perceive failure to be, right? So because if I think that uh, if, if failure leads to rejection, feeling rejected, or failure leads to feeling abandoned, versus actually saying failure leads to um, expansion, mm-hmm. right? Or failure leads to growth. You know, and you th- you, I think about um, Sarah Blakely, who's, of course, the youngest female billionaire, and her dad, when she was little, high-fived her when she quote-unquote failed when she didn't make the team right why was that because he said i want to instill the value in you that playing outside of your comfort zone is a much higher value than staying in your comfort zone but succeeding all the time Mm -hmm. right like basically just playing games that you know you can win that way you will never grow and that way you will never reach you'll never get outside of your comfort zone so if out of the sudden I have a relationship to failure and I actually did like um, I did rejection challenges with my women where I challenged them to seek out ways where they have a almost 100% chance that they're going to get rejected. Or at least that's what they think. You know, that could be anything. It could be asking for a raise, asking for free cheese at the grocery store. And it could be just anything, right? Or calling George Clooney and see if, seeing if he wants to go on a date. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? So, but you would be so surprised, Jamie, to actually see how much of that was actually not turning into a rejection. I think it was because they sorted, sorted out. So if you don't resist it, it can turn into something else, right? Mm-hmm. So some women got the job promotion or some women you know, God actually like also reciprocated that attraction from a man where they're like, oh, if I tell him that I'm attracted to him, um, there's for sure he's going to say no. And they were totally wrong. Or they got the free cheese. And, uh, you know, because it's so, it's so incredible. If you don't ask, it's already a no. And so when we saw that you can actually transfer, like transform your relationship to rejection, it's not like now you're, you know, actually... I, I would love to go to Paris uh, in May or whatever. You know, I don't know. You know what I mean? So there would be no more this fear or, or I would mm-hmm. actually express my emotions that I judge inside of myself. What I like about this is it's like reverse psychology with yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's it's taking chance, chances. It's taking risks. It's playing. It's It's 
And this is the way the dating should be because so many people dread dating, but I love that you do this. I'm, I do the same thing. I give my clients challenges also. Like just have fun with it. See what happens. Have no attachments to the outcome and take that risk because you have Absolutely. nothing to lose. Absolutely. And, you know, I got rejected one time by a guy and we had, it was such a beautiful connection because he had just met his wife. They're still married. They have two kids and other things, right? But he like cried, like he was in tears because he was so moved by me being emotionally open that when I drove home, I literally didn't even know. My heart was full. I was happy. And I realized, wow, it wasn't about the rejection. It was I just wanted to feel understood and I totally felt understood by him and I just wanted to feel connected and I certainly felt extremely connected to him, but it didn't even matter what the outcome was. So isn't that crazy? It's all, it's, it's also, um, it's authentic empowerment. Mm -hmm. Like you just, you spoke your truth and that's all that mattered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's trusting, have on having unwavering trust in the universe. There was also a part of you that knew that, if you are rejected, rejection is protection. There, mm-hmm. He obviously wasn't the right one for you. Absolutely. And Brody was somewhere. Da, 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 da. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, there's one more topic. Um, you you talk about queen intensity. So expand on what queen intensity is. So, Jamie, we have usually at least one emotion inside of ourselves that we judge. Right. That we're like, it's too much, you know, it's like it's too bright. And usually it could be either anger or it's sadness. Right. And this could, of course, come when you come from a household where you were told, like, stop crying or I give you something to cry about. You Mm -hmm. started to very much reject that emotion inside of yourself. Or maybe you had a raging alcoholic or just a rageaholic parent period and you told yourself, oh, I'm never going to lose control like that. Like, I'm never going to be that that verbally abusive like my mom or my dad was. So then, now you suppress your anger. And Brene Brown says, there's no selective dimming of emotions. So the second you start to suppress, if your intense might tell you, oh, you're just a rage monster, like you would actually feel offended. Mm-hmm. I could actually totally control you because that's like your hot button. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I, if you, if I, you know, if you have like the resistance to sadness, I just have to say, oh, you're such a crybaby. And As you would do like anything triggered. you can, right? Like to avoid yeah. that. Yeah. And that means you're not fully self-expressed. Your man can't really see you. It's kind of turning the light on and off. And it's like, oh, I just saw, I think it's her. Oh, now, now I don't see her. Like, I don't know. Let me think about mm-hmm. it. Right. Let me date some other women. Um, and, and see, maybe I'm going to take her out again. And then, of course, he never does. Right? It's this constant inconsistency of expressing your emotions and being visible, not visible. It's kind of like a mm-hmm. lighthouse, right? How's a boat help supposed to find land if the lighthouse is going on and off? Or it's like, I think I saw something over there, but now I'm not sure anymore. Mm-hmm. That's how it is in the dating world, really, energetically speaking, for your man to find you. Yeah. Yeah. Just be connected with your emotions and express them. It's so freeing. Absolutely. Well, it's having a positive relationship to it, right? Like having actually what's so great about being a rage monster or what's so great about being a quote unquote cry baby. And I really want to use those terms because those are the ones that other people can use to manipulate you. So if you can own them, 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or if anybody you're... says you're too sensitive. Yes. Well, actually, that's it's a beautiful thing. For my Absolutely. clients, when they say, you know, I, I just feel so much and I'm so emotional. Personally, I'm a Pisces, so I'm an emotional person. I I don't know if I always love this. However, I love this about myself now because I feel, and also as a therapist, it's good to feel. Yes. So I'm able to be right. empathetic. Yes. Um, however, it's a good example when someone says you're too sensitive. Well, yeah. You know, I feel so much and and then I, I, I can be vulnerable and I can express my feelings and also being sensitive, I can also feel what other people are feeling. So a hundred percent. That makes me be able to help them. Yeah. It's like thanks for the compliment, you know, thanks for noticing, you know. Yeah. (laughs) That I'm highly attuned to my emotions. I appreciate that. Exactly. Yeah. And and just in general, what you're talking about is no matter what it is, the anger thing, the whatever, the the more you try to push it away the more you're in resistance of it, the more it's going to come back with a vengeance. So it is about owning. Okay. And, and we all do have all different emotions at different times in our lives. So it is important to embrace all of our emotions. And then you also, and a man who read from me, my rageaholic, uh, rage, rage monster inside of myself, then my husband could look like, Oh, what's underneath his quote unquote frustration. Is there more than just frustration? Because he gets, he never got to explore that, right? Because he never had a safe mirror himself. Mm-hmm. So there's so many different reasons why mm-hmm. it's so important to embrace what I call your queen tensity. Yes. And king tensity. Because, yes. yeah, <laughs> then you guys need to, the queen and the king need to work together. And, exactly. <laughs> and then it becomes beautiful. Yeah. Um, well, it's our, it, the, the mess is beautiful also. The chaos is beautiful as well. Absolutely. Well, remember, chaos comes before recalibration, right? The chaos is absolutely necessary. Yes, I love it. Um, Okay, so how can people find you, work with you, um, your books, etc.? You can plug away. Yeah, so first, if you have a lean in, open ties your man quiz, you can hop on over to mymquiz.com. So it's just mymquiz.com. And we'll also have some free gifts at the end as well. And if you just want to find out about more content, you can just hop on over to magnetizeyourman.com and you'll find my YouTube channel on there, my podcast, and and all the goodies that you could ever imagine. Wonderful. And as always, everybody can find me at therelationshipexpert.com. And just thank you so much for joining us today. You have so much to offer. I'm sure everybody's going to be so inspired. And um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Join me every week, Love Talk Live on LA Talk Radio at 2 p.m. Pacific. Hope everyone has a wonderful afternoon, evening. Bye. Thanks. Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.